We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I started screaming and laughing like a psychopath and I started crying and releasing a lot of a lot of different things. I didn't even know what I was releasing because you think that you need a surgery, you know, and your mind is keeping you away from understanding that, oh, it may be because it's something emotional. Mm -hmm. And that's something that the therapy doesn't usually utilize, which is very important because our body remembers every single energy that did not find an outlet. Welcome to the Coachable Podcast. Around here, we believe that life is the ultimate training ground for finding out what you are truly made of. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, high performance coach and breathwork facilitator. And each week I share intimate conversations and inspirational stories from some of the world's most successful people. It's time to stop standing on the sidelines of your life and get your head and your heart back in the game. So take a seat, grab a pen, because you're going to want to take notes as I pull back the curtain on the tools, resources, and inspiration that you need to unlock your inner champion. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Coachable Podcast. I'm Tori Gordon, your host, and I'm grateful that you're here with me this week for another episode and another incredible expert. This is the show where we bring expert thought leaders and incredible humans that are doing epic transformational work in the world. And we share their stories, their successes, their failures, and their wisdom. And today is no other. I am joined by Wittelidge, the creator of the Witality Experience, one of the fastest growing healing modalities in the United States. With his background in NLP, extensive work with plant medicine, and profound life experience, he guides clients to complete mind-body transformation. His work is based on the root healing rather than symptom relief, which I am all about. And he's utilizing his rich experience and different breath and body work techniques so that clients can be relieved from emotional and physical trauma that holds them back from living their fullest potential. I am so excited for this conversation because I know he is speaking my language and I cannot wait to hear all about what he is up to. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode. What's up, Coachable family? Welcome back to the show. Today is very special because I'm joined by Vitaly Martinal, a breathwork facilitator and transformational coach who is doing such incredible work in the world. I came across your work only a few months ago. And since I started to see you online, I was like, I've got to get this guy on my show. I know we're going to have an epic conversation because so much of what you do resonates really, really deeply 
not just with me on a mental level, but on a spiritual soul level. And that is what I'm all about is, is really integrating the mind, body and spirit. And I know that's a lot of your work as well. And so I just want to honor you, honor your work, say thank you for what you're doing in the world and how you're contributing to the up-leveling and the raising of consciousness on the planet. And just welcome to the show, first of all. Thank you so much for having me on, Tori. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, absolutely. I um, I started following you, as I mentioned, a couple months ago. I, I saw you on Instagram. I started watching a lot of your videos. And I noticed that you're sort of doing this cross-country like road trip. I don't think you're doing a road trip, but you're like going from from large city to large city and you're you're putting on these massive breathwork events with i think upwards of like 300 people and i've noticed simply just by watching the testimonials and people's experiences and talking about what they're getting from the work that they they go through with you through the vitality experience that it's truly changing people not just on a mental level but on a deeper cellular heart level and there's this bridge that people are, are crossing from their head and into their heart. Can you just give us a little bit of background on you and how you got into breathwork and breathwork facilitation and why you created the Vitality Experience? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it, it's a long story, but I think we have some time. But I will, I will start uh, maybe with how I got into actual events. And then maybe I will touch upon how the breathwork came into my life in the first place. But I started doing these events in October last year, 2021. So it's been a little bit over a year since I've been doing it. And I don't know, the focus again, jumping. But we in, in, in a little bit over a year, we had over 40,000 uh, live participants all across the country. And I like to mention it because it's such a big milestone because we started in October, we still had like 20, 40, 50 people uh, sessions and out of nowhere like we jumped into 250 300 wow. 350 and there was one uh, event in Miami where I went to the bathroom before the event and I realized that there was like a line going through the whole hotel uh, mm -hmm. and I realized that it's 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 a line for my event and it hit me how big of an impact and how quickly and we we managed to to grow but i think i i came to this type of events because of my work with ayahuasca i've been working with it a lot lately and for a few years i've been a student of a, a colombian maestro uh, taita pedro from colombian lineage and it hasn't been an easy path it's been very challenging and very scary sometimes but it helps me navigate this world with a little more patience and compassion and love, not only for myself, but for the people. And it also helps me understand how to navigate the energy in the setting like this, where there's a lot of people, a lot of energies, because my teacher, he does ceremonies sometimes for almost 70 people, and it's a lot to, to handle. And he's mm -hmm. the only one who's holding that energy from not... Uh, creating chaos of course there's mm -hmm. chaos in the ceremonies but it's a very manageable chaos when he's there you know yeah. so by learning from him I kind of managed to uh, learn how to navigate the energy in the in the setting where there's 300 people you know yeah. breathing yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are deep experiences that people are going into. And um, you mentioned your work with plant medicine and ayahuasca as sort of something that's had a big impact on helping to prepare you for holding the container that, that these people like enter into and trust you uh, mm-hmm. to really deal with some of our most vulnerable and, and um, tender places. I know for me, um, I've done work with a similar plant medicine. I haven't sat with Aya, although it's something that I definitely feel called to do. And I think a lot of these different healing modalities are things that you feel, at least in my experience, there's, there's some kind of pull, there's some kind of, uh, call that you feel to, to experience them or to you're curious about them. And for me, um, before I even got into or felt comfortable wading into the waters of plant medicine, I first encountered breath work and I did so on a spiritual retreat that I was on in Maui back in 2018, I guess it was, um, after I experienced a lot of string of deep loss and, and trauma, and I had never properly learn to process those experiences. And so I came to a point in my life where I was really desperate for something to help me relieve myself of, of this, this pain and this suffering, even if it was an underlying, like low level of stress or pain or anxiety that I experienced on a day-to-day level, I just knew deep down in my core that, that it didn't have to be like this. And that there was, there was an alternative that I could be happy, that I could feel at ease, that I could relax. Um, and I really craved that, but I didn't know how to experience it or how to find it until I ran into my own breath. And for me, it was this bridge out of my head and into my heart and into, to feeling into places that I'd never felt before. It was like walking into rooms, that I'd never, you know, in my psyche and in my consciousness that I'd never walk entered before, or maybe I had, but I ha- it's been a really, really long time. And I would love for you to kind of share with people what happens inside of a breathwork experience, like what you put on, what happens, not just to us physically, if you could break kind of that process down and what's happening energetically and spiritually so that you can give people kind of an idea of what this experience is like, but also why would they want to try it? Like when people come to these experiences, are they like me? Are they looking for something specific or is there a curiosity? What do you find from the people that come to your, to your programs? No, that's kind of a two-part question. Yeah, <laughs> ten, <laughs> ten part question. Yeah. But, uh, I think I'm going to start with explaining that uh, how how breath work really works and how my my session worked because yeah, um, and it actually comes down to how I came to breath work in the first place. There was a moment in my life where I was paralyzed with my waist down. I wasn't able to walk for over a year. And it didn't happen because I suffered from an injury or structural damage to my body. It happened because I accumulated a lot of a lot of stuff on my subconscious. And we as a society, we're not equipped with tools to to process our emotions, to process uh, unprocessed trauma, right? Suppressed emotions and unprocessed trauma. Uh, our first like a uh, gate to to deal with it is go to the therapist. But there's just right. so many other ways you can you can target it and not only become aware of it but also release it. So there was a moment 
uh, when when I was paralyzed and there was I wanted to commit a suicide a lot of times, but I didn't have enough courage to do it. And I went to a lot of different doctors and they were basically telling me that nothing is wrong with me and but I cannot walk. You know, there's just inflammation, but nothing structural, you know, and in my head, I was thinking that I need a surgery, I need a hip replacement, knee surgery, you know, something, something physical. And it, I couldn't connect that it might have been going on because of something that happened in my personal life, you know, like, like mm-hmm. a breakup, like a death in family, you know, we all go through this stuff and not many of us even know that it leaves a mark on us and affects our everyday to day life. So back to the how I discovered breathwork, there was there was this one moment, I still had an identity of an athlete, I, I wasn't sure about doing uh, plant medicine, because in my mind of an athlete, I consider it drugs, you know, right, because we're conditioned to like stay of drugs that mm-hmm. they're, they're bad for you, you're going to lose your eligibility, you're going right. to ruin your career. And so I stayed away from from psychedelics back then, and I didn't have a courage to commit a suicide. But one of my friends uh, recommended me that, listen, like you have to do something about it. And here's the tool. It's, it's, it's the breath. And he basically told me he didn't tell me a lot about it because he's like also like didn't know a lot about it. But he just told me, like, breathe for three hours in, in the rhythm like this. <laughs> right so uh-huh. i did i don't know how much time it took me but during this process i noticed that i started screaming and laughing like a psychopath and i started crying and releasing a lot of a lot of different things i didn't even know what i was releasing but at the very end of of that experience that i guided kind of myself into i started having sensation in my toes and my ankle i started like moving my foot around you know, and it clicked for me that this is this is the the answer. And in the next few days after that first time, uh, I started having all these downloads that I actually cried about this and that. And during that experience, it didn't kind of make sense what I was releasing, but it came to me a few days later. And I, I've been doing it more and more and more. And I started getting getting back on my feet. But very important thing that happened to me also is not only the breathwork, but I met a very, very skilled professional, Dr. Daniel Ratner, who I met him in a very magical way. There was like a whole TV show situation with him. Mm. Uh, just just pure magic. But he, he was the person who basically connected the dots for me. Because when you're in that state, it's very hard to connect the dots. Because yeah. you think that you need a surgery, you know, and your mind is keeping you away from understanding that, oh, it may be because it's something emotional. Sure. Right. So he was the very important part of my journey because he connected the dots. And I'm mentioning this because there was this one part where I came to breathwork kind of by myself. Then this therapist showed up and then I've been doing ayahuasca and kind of those three elements go into into my session so we're not only during my session we're using a lot of different breaths a lot of different rhythms and intensities of breathing that it's constantly changing and not just a it's not a circular uh, breath it's it's constantly changing depending on how people responding in the room every mm-hmm. session is different sometimes i might spend some time on certain things more than in the other session you know yeah. and I just want people to understand right now that 
I see this method being even superior, and that's from from the words of my attendees, superior to just a session of a therapy, because we're not only connecting the dots and having that cognitive catharsis that often results from the therapy sessions, but we're also releasing a lot of a lot of things somatically from the body. And that's something that the therapy doesn't usually utilize, which is very important because our body remembers every single energy that did not find an outlet, you know? every energy that got stuck in us your body remembers it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. breath is a tool to for, for us to access that energy and to release it and connect the dots and the third very important aspect that uh, really ayahuasca helped me understand is that spiritual aspect of it you know because there's a deep deep connection to to the spirit during during my session and a lot of people get freaked out thinking that oh he's gonna summon demons and (laughs) spirits and i i you're laughing but i do get a lot of hate from religious communities because they're they're afraid of it because when my videos it looks like people are going through exorcism like it's a deliverance you know and first thing that people connect to exorcism is because of the hollywood movies you know i'm not sure how many of them actually saw how exorcism looked like you know mm-hmm. but i understand that sometimes the that process might look like exorcism but it's just energy release it's trauma release you right. know so yeah there's those three aspects you know the cognitive catharsis connecting the dots somatic release and connection to the spirit something higher than yourself yeah absolutely mm-hmm. yeah i think people are afraid of what they don't understand right mm-hmm. and we gravitate to the familiar and anything that kind of falls outside of our way of thinking and being that allows us to stay in our comfortable um, bubble if you will kind of threatens that and so i think it's mm-hmm. easy for us to judge to to jump to judgment um i know for me I've spent years <laughs> releasing and unlearning a lot of the religious trauma and judgment that I, you know, I was brought up in personally. So I, I, I empathize with people who might feel that way or might jump to those conclusions. Mm-hmm. And if I, if it, there's anybody listening that whether you um, see it on uh, your Instagram or anywhere else, just to keep an open mind um, and to, to approach um, this with with curiosity um, and and just asking the question because I think what's most powerful is listening to people who've had these experiences and it's easy for you and I to say you know because you and I are both facilitators of this work I went through a long eight month facilitator trauma informed breathwork facilitator program to learn how to facilitate and hold the energy and and take people through these similar experiences because it had transformed my life so much and it's easy to hear us because you know we're such proponents and cheerleaders for the work but I think the most powerful thing you can do if you're interested or if you're curious is, is really go listen to people who've been through some of you know, your classes and through your programs and mm-hmm. um, the transformation that they feel and that they experience. Um, I kind of want to circle back to that second part of my question is what types of people is this for, right? It, can anybody go through this session? And if so, what are the different types of experiences people might have, whether it's physical, emotional, what, what can people expect when they go into a breathwork session? Full spectrum. They can expect full spectrum. And the best way to come to my session is by having no expectations at all. 
because I could talk for hours about what kind of experience people have. And we are welcoming all the walks of life. There's no kind of like a religious stigma to my sessions. There's nothing else that I want you to believe other than yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. So we had, we had athletes, we had actors, we had regular, uh, regular people, you know, uh, there's every everyone who's who's going through something and my kind of goal with even with those videos is to change the culture especially on social media to show that hey everyone is going through something you know i have maybe 80 percent of the people that come to my sessions they never heard of breathwork before but something something told them to to come to my sessions maybe the videos maybe my energy something mm -hmm. something something uh, made them come and there are not people who are spiritually uh like enlightened you know or on the path of awakening some some people are just coming out of out of curiosity some people were just disappointed so many times in different uh, alternative healing modalities because i'm going to be honest there is a lot of fluff out there there is a lot of spiritual fast food you know and this is one of the sessions that you, if you come, be prepared to do the work because it's going to be intense. It's going to kick your ass, but it's going to also be very beautiful if you surrender, if you let go of the control, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love your story that you shared about how you came to the work and that you almost like self-guided, like there was, there was almost like an intuitive intelligence that that like led you to your own breakthrough with mm. your with with your breathwork session that you sort of kind of led yourself through and you were able to kind of tap into this wisdom of your body and keep going until you kind of had this revelation that oh this is the medicine that i've been seeking um mm. and i know that that's really part of your message is that you are the medicine that we are the thing that we're seeking. And so often in spiritual communities or, or just in personal development in general, I see a lot of people go to healers or different types of, of work or programs. And, and it's easy to outsource kind of your power and to kind of give mm -hmm. your power away to, um, to different facilitators or healers or teachers and think that they have the answer. The answer lies outside of you in some way. And the thing that I love so much about breathwork is that what this does is brings you back home to your own power and to your own ability to self-heal. How do you describe, you know, or, or articulate kind of what, what it means to be the medicine? What does that mean? What does that look like practically? Because like plant medicine or, or even just Western medicine, we go to the doctor, you said, I thought I needed a surgery. Like I really thought that there was something physically wrong with me only to find out that there was, this was more of a, a man, a physical manifestation of a subconscious repressed trauma and energy. Can you elaborate a little bit on that and what it means for us to be the medicine or the drug ourselves? Yeah, absolutely. By the way, I, I love the podcasts where uh, the host is making me think in a ways that I didn't think before, because mm -hmm. I never even thought about explaining what I mean by saying you are like you are the medicine. But mm -hmm. I think uh, but I think that a very important thing to to say here is last last session, there was a lady who came to me who gave me a quote from Rumi that the the cure for the pain is in the pain. You know, so 
our body has all the messages for us that we need to understand what is going on. Sometimes we're so stuck in our head because there's just so much going on in our life and we're focused on, on those outside things. And those outside things very often also influence what's going on internally. And we only pay attention to what's going on internally when we already have to go get a surgery or, or go to a doctor, you know, but our body communicates with us all the time. There's even specific areas of the body that uh, are, are related to what's going on in our life. I believe that it's as within, so without. So when I'm saying that, first of all, you are the medicine is listening, listening to your body, because it has a lot of lessons for you, a lot of messages. Sometimes it's hard to process every day-to-day -day life, but your body is there for you to help you process it. And there is so many ways for us to uh, process our struggles, process our problems. And we as a society, especially Western society, are used to thinking our way out of the problem, you know, but yeah. even even I think Einstein said that you cannot solve the problem from the same level of thinking that created it, right? Yeah. So with, with breathwork, we're changing our level of consciousness, you know, to gain that different perspective. You know, and like you said, it's it's a bridge from from our head to our heart. Having a perspective of our heart, it's I I, I honestly believe, and I got it from from my work with ayahuasca that heart is the most powerful, most advanced GPS system in the whole universe. You know, whenever whenever I'm lost in the ceremony, whenever I'm scared, I always try to find my way back to my heart, back to love. You know, mm -hmm. because love kind of helps organize the chaos right. and that's that's what you get in my sessions also you get the chaos people there's 300 people you have your eyes closed and it's chaos people are screaming people are crying people are shaking exorcism style <laughs> you know and in all of this you have to find yourself and find your own strength not only to keep going but to to not to not lose it some mm -hmm. so, you know it's and it's it's very important to, because I, I've seen people try to do, try to raise the energy very high before in the sessions and people are just leaving because they don't feel safe, you know, right. and very important part of this work is my, my presence there. You know, I only can take you as deep as I went myself, you know, and I came to this realization that I am the medicine and I'm basically helping people to get into that state of consciousness to that realization as well yeah. that you are able to heal yourself you're not yeah. as one time i said in my session something popped in and you're not a medicine you're a whole pharmacy you know there's just <laughs> so many things that you can use that are within your own self and breath yeah. is one of the most amazing tools to be able to tap into that medicine i agree i agree i think you know when i look at the root word uh, or the Latin word of breath is pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A. And that originates, the meaning of that is bre like breath of life is the mm -hmm. spirit. It's, it's, it's like, for me, the breath is like, it is our direct link to our spiritual nature, our divinity, our accessing alternate states of consciousness, but other dimensions as well. And 
I know like plant medicine, at least for me in my experience, you mentioned something about surrender. If you're able to trust and surrender to the experience, similar to plant medicine, I think there's something that we all go through where when we start to breathe in a certain way, in a certain rhythm, at a certain pace and, and depth, it starts to activate things within us that feel new, unfamiliar, possibly scary. Maybe we're feeling our, our hands, our legs, our mouth vibrate. We're starting to feel energy move in our system that we haven't felt before. And there's that ego consciousness, that part of it's that like wants to be in control that says, stop, <laughs> right? Stop. Don't go any further. Don't do any more. This is enough. How do you help people? Cause I think there's so much wisdom in learning to hear that voice and recognize it as something that's trying to protect you. It's trying to like, it's trying to keep you safe, but it's also not serving us. It's cause it's keeping us where we are. It's keeping us in this stuck place, potentially. How do you help people navigate the fear when it does come up? right? Mm -hmm. That, that anxiety or that part of us that wants to stop and doesn't want to go deeper. And how do you create a space that for people that does feel safe to let go as opposed to gripping for control in, in situations where we typically would, because I know that that's really hard for a lot of people and possibly very new for the people that come to your, to your experience. Yeah, I think it also comes comes down to what I mentioned before is I can take people only as deep as I went myself. There are certain mm -hmm. things that uh, when I'm going very, very deep with plant medicine, there are certain things I say to myself. There are certain things how I say it, you know, and during the breath work, I know exactly who, which people are going through that, through those moments. And uh, a lot of people say that, oh, you literally said this thing exactly what I needed to hear it because I'm, I'm connected to everyone in the room. And I, mm -hmm. I know exactly when those moments of, of fear come up and I'm, I'm guiding them out of it. And mm -hmm. it's, it's very often it's even starts in the beginning where people are like starting to freak out because their body is uh, going through all of this. And I just say into the mic that, listen, you, you might have a little voice in your head right now telling you that this is already too much, you know, and sabotaging you and wants you to stop. But just focus, focus on my voice and keep going, keep breathing through it. Because I structure my session in a way that there's a lot of different phases, you know, and I uh, tell people that, listen, some there will be moments of peaks where you'll be losing your shit but then it's going to be more grounded and it's going to be like a roller coaster mm -hmm. so people have that trust that it's not going to stay this way forever mm -hmm. you know the same as with ayahuasca you often have those waves you know it's not just speaking for six hours and you're just losing your shit you know right it's it's yeah. it's, it's it's a process you know and there's a beauty in those moments of intensity and there's beauty of those moments of more groundedness because we're able to process whatever we build up and people have have that trust in me that no matter what i will i got their back you know mm -hmm. even if it's a first first time person before the events i mentioned a lot of different things that that help people to relax a little bit i bring a lot of humor into my sessions you know because uh, there's just so much seriousness about trauma and about healing and 
my teacher is like he has the best type of humor you know like he would he would uh give me ayahuasca a cup of ayahuasca and he would put like some very strong intention for me to work on and usually one one cup does not send me over there you know mm -hmm. but he, like he sometimes does it to me and he's like oops i did it again <laughs> you know <laughs> and he's just like has a lot of those little jokes that i I pick up as, as, as I go, as I learn from him. And mm -hmm. I, I just noticed that there has to be a certain amount of humor in all of this because it, it's, it's, it's just heavy in itself, you know? But mm -hmm. what, I feel like this humor comes more from understanding of that heaviness because mm -hmm. you worked through it yourself, yeah. you know? And you know exactly where you can throw a joke and where you have to take it serious. And that also comes from my work with ayahuasca, you know? You're not gonna throw a joke in the middle of the ceremony where people are, you know, like going through hell, you know? Mm -hmm. Because it will mm -hmm. put them in a loop you know, in their mind, that there's just yeah. a lot of different aspects that just so you know, I never received any breathwork training, any certification, I'm not certified. But I worked with more people than some of the breathwork facilitators do throughout their whole life, you know, in yeah. one year. And that's, that's just the testimony to to my teacher and how he does things because it works. I want to say thank you to our sponsor really quickly, who's Brilia. Brilia is a non-prescription medication that's clinically proven to help control anxiety and irritability and improve attention and focus. And what I love about Brilia is that it doesn't use the harsh synthetic chem chemicals and does not have any harmful side effects. So Brilia has helped me personally wean off my Adderall dosage over the last couple of years. And it's great because it doesn't have any contraindications with other medications. I've even got a blog on my website that shares my journey on Brilia. And you can find that at torygordon.com. They're even offering a 100% money back guarantee if you're not happy with the results. And to get 15% off of your first three month supply, just visit discoverbrilia.com and you can use the code TORI15 at checkout. Thanks Brilia for really changing my life and how I am managing my ADHD and anxiety symptoms. I wouldn't be where I am getting the results I am feeling the way I am without it. And uh, I would really recommend you guys go check it out. So that's discoverbrilliant.com. Use the code Tori15 at checkout. I have a tattoo right here on my collarbone that says, uh, this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. And I got that and it, it is, serves as such a reminder for me in those big intense moments, whether it's in a breathwork session or plant medicine session, or even just in day-to-day -day life where things just feel heavy and intense and, and hard. And, but also in the really beautiful moments, the, the moments of bliss and reverence and like just connection. And I just, I have that to remind me that like all of it is temporary. Mm -hmm. what feels really challenging and the things that feel really good and easy and amazing. And, and just to have a, a reverence for, for the entire process, like you said, the full spectrum of what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. My uh, something that I found before, or, or that I've realized after coming to breathwork and, and using it is that there's an aliveness, there's an awareness, there's a, um, life is more colorful, I think, because before I experienced breath, I thought that I knew what 
love and happiness and joy were, but there was this dullness to a lot of my life and to my experiences. Mm -hmm. There were things that were just like, because I hadn't experienced the intensity of my pain, I wasn't able to experience the ecstaticness of my joy. Absolutely. And do you find that, or do you, have you experienced that at all as, as you've deepened your practices over the years? Yeah, hundred percent. And it's, it's a really good thing to mention for your listeners that the more, the more you're diving into that healing space, the more of a shadow, the more of the darkness you will encounter on the way, you know, and there was a moment where I started questioning myself, what am I keep doing this to myself, especially with ayahuasca, you know, I, it takes you very, very dark places sometimes. And I was questioning, why am I keep torturing myself like that? But this understanding came uh, that you mentioned, I maybe put it in a different words that basically the more suffering you can comprehend, the more love you'll be able to hold. You know, it's, it's like it goes both ways on a, on a mm-hmm. spectrum, like the higher, the, the, the lower you are able to experience those vibrations, the higher you, it's like different ways you can put it into, but it means the same, like the, deep, mm-hmm. the deeper your roots reach, the higher the branches grow, you know, Yeah. but it's, it's just important for people to understand that it's, it's part of the process. And especially right now, there's this whole wave of like a toxic positivity of love and light bullshit, you know, and it doesn't work. If you want to really experience love and light, there cannot be spiritual bypassing, you know, because that spiritual bypassing comes from fear and fear is ultimately a lower vibration of an emotion, you know, and you subconsciously live within that vibration because you're unable to target those areas that are not comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I, I believe in love and light, but I believe in balancing it with, with the shadow work. Sure. Yeah. And you're only able to know the love because you've experienced the fear and the suffering, Absolutely, right? It's like, yeah. it's the duality. It's the contrast. It's like, mm-hmm. unless I'm, I allow myself to be with all the parts of myself that I don't want to look at all of those shadow things, all of the parts that hurt or that are scary. It's like, then I'm also preventing myself from experience all of the beauty. Um, and so I think to your point, we can't avoid it. We can't skip over it. It's, it's human nature to want to avoid pain and pursue pleasure. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we're sabotaging that ability to experience the deepest pleasure if we don't allow ourselves to experience the pain. But I, I also get it, right? I also understand the, you know, that not many people are like, hey, sign me up for like, <laughs> to go into like my darkest memories or to, to be tortured, if you will. And like you, you were saying, like, why am I doing this to myself? Is there, you know, when you do sit with Aya or you go into a breathwork ceremony, do you have an intention? Is there something you're looking to experience? Or like you said, you wanted people to come with no expectation, but how do you, how do you, differentiate between having an expectation and having an intention for your ceremony or for the the thing that you're you're about to pursue so there's definitely a difference between breathwork and ayahuasca because with ayahuasca you can have an intention and my teacher sometimes say that you can throw it out the window you know (laughs) because the medicine is going to ultimately show you 
what you need and not what you necessarily want. And that's also kind of my approach with breathwork. Yes, I tell people to set an intention in the very beginning. We have like a little sit down with everyone and getting everyone on the same frequency and ask specific questions so that they can uh, kind of have a direction for the session, you know, and um, it, that direction helps them to to breathe, to go through the moments of resistance and moments of weakness, you know, but ultimately I also tell them that it's going to help you, but have no expectations because you might not get what you want, but you will get exactly what you need mm -hmm. because we're with the session, we're connecting to your body's own intellect, you know, and mm -hmm. you never know what lesson is going to have for you. And your body knows better than Tony Robbins, Marisa Beer. That's why I believe that this work is more superior because we have all the answers within. When someone else is trying to guide us through, through certain understanding, through our struggles, there's, a, there's this aspect of adding of their own image of the world into our understanding. But it's so important to figure out your own image of the world your own truth, you know, and that's, that comes from the breath that comes from being present with that breath. Yeah. Yeah. I mm -hmm. agree. You talk a lot about manipulating energy, just that we are energetic beings learning to manipulate energy. And there's a quote that you have that says the level of your success is directly proportionate to the amount of energy that you can hold all at once without losing your shit. So can you elaborate on that a little bit? What does it mean to manipulate energy and why, like, what does it mean to hold energy and to expand our ability to hold it so that we can be more successful? Mm -hmm. So this understanding definitely came from the work with my teacher because he has one of the most strongest potent medicines I've ever witnessed. It's called Trenosel Vayahe, which literally means jungle thunder, Yahe. And when you drink that jungle thunder ayahuasca, and when you drink it, it's a lot of energy starts to come through, a lot of, a lot of information, you know, and my teacher can drink two, three, four cups, and he'll be in his center. He'll be, he'll be, game you know <laughs> he'll be literally game game on mm -hmm. you know and he's never gonna lose his cool uh of course sometimes he he goes through his process sometimes but majority of the times he he is present you know and a lot of and it doesn't mean that ayahuasca is not working on him it means only that he mastered himself so much that when there is overflowing of information of and it's not even this world information past lives universe planets big bang it's like you know like mm -hmm. non-stop non-stop and mm -hmm. he mastered himself to the point where it's just it's just a normal state for him almost mm -hmm. you know and that's why i wrote this quote because i do believe that the more energy you're able to hold all at once and not lose your shit that's why people basically lose their shit on ayahuasca because mm -hmm. it's too much energy too much information they cannot mm -hmm. sit still with it but that's how it is when we are trying to grow our business as well you know right. like dealing with 300 people per day thousands per week in a live setting it's a lot of energy to deal with Mm -hmm. there's a lot of expectations there's a lot of judgment there it's just so many different aspects so much information going through you 
And are you going to fold or are you going to stay in your center with all this information? Right. That's why a lot of times when celebrities grow very fast, they're unable to stay grounded. They are unable to stay in the center and they go to drugs. They go to uh, suicides and, you know, you, you know, the story, you know, because mm -hmm. it's too much energy to hold. So this work with ayahuasca helps me understand and helps me add a little a little more each time to the capacity of the energy i can hold because mm -hmm. of course i could do breathworks for 2000 people you know but i want to gradually gradually get there and still be happy in my life right. you know and not put all my all my energy into just success 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 because life is not only about that you know mm -hmm. there's other aspects that i'm not really sharing on instagram because i like to keep them private sure you know because it's 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 what keeps me grounded it's what keeps mm -hmm. me sane you know mm -hmm. my family you know yeah you are obviously in uh the media you're on social media people are looking to you now thousands of people look to you as an expert as a facilitator as a guide as a teacher you just mentioned something that i really relate to um which is keeping certain things private and uh, you know, my experience with social media and building a business happened uh, fairly quickly. You know, mm -hmm. I started a TikTok um, during COVID and started sharing a lot of the the things that I was learning, the lessons, the the healing that I was going through, the the thing tools that were working for me, and um, I shared really transparently about that, and it grew, you know, very quickly until I had you know, almost a million followers of people looking to me. And one of the things that I've found, especially this year, as that's been challenging for me is navigating, being open and transparent while also navigating my own journey, right? Mm -hmm. Navigating my own healing because it there's no ending to it. You know, I'm continuing to evolve as a human being, as a business owner, as a woman, as a friend, as a partner, all of those things. And- mm -hmm. I think it's easy for people to look at someone like you and think you have it all together. You figured it all out. Um, what is that process like for you? Because it, it, for, for me, it feels like my work is an extension of my own healing journey, right? I teach from an excess and an overflow of what I'm learning, what I've, you know, my growth. And when I stop, it sort of fizzles out. It's like, a, it's like, the inspiration, the teaching, it sort of dries up, or I find that I'm teaching the thing that I was teaching two, three years ago. How do you navigate your own personal growth while also being sort of a figurehead in this space and a leader that people look to? Yeah, it's, it's a very important part to any kind of work is, especially when you are seen as a teacher or a master, is to, like, my, my, my teacher told me this one day that a master is a person who can always call themselves an apprentice, mm -hmm. you know? So I constantly put myself through, through uncomfortable situations with plant medicine, with ayahuasca. And this is, this is my work, you know, this is how I do my work. And those events are basically integration process of my work with ayahuasca. So during, during ceremony, I might have certain things that pop out for me, you know, something about my mom, something just di different things, you know, and mm -hmm. 
a lot of the times I go into the session and I'm going to trigger those things in people because I'm working on them, mm-hmm. you know, and if, if I didn't work, if I was, if I was just doing events, of course, it's going to get very stagnant. You know, that's why this aspect of, of having the discipline to continuing doing certain kind of work on yourself, certain kind of release work because first of all working with so many people there's a lot of energies you deal with you know and some some energies can affect you in one way or another so even doing the work to know how to protect yourself from it you know how to how to navigate that but also having a place where i can go and connect even deeper to myself and purge out whatever i don't need and gain even more wisdom and understanding of how this world navigates you know yeah there, there's just this thing where I will never claim to be a person who has all the answers because I don't, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm only, and I even tell people that I'm only showing them whatever works for me. It's not necessarily going to work for you, but from my experience, it has been working for people, you yeah. know, so yeah. I just keep going with it. Yeah. How often do you uh, take yourself through a breathwork session? Like how often are you breathing uh, in a deep so- ceremonial way? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't breathe uh, in a ceremonial way anymore. Sometimes I do press uh, because I want you guys to also understand and your listeners, there's this moment, uh, let's say you you've been microdosing mushrooms, right, but you're going to microdose them for a certain amount until you get the lesson, you know, and when you get that lesson, you embody that lesson without the need to supplement yourself with with uh, psychedelics mm-hmm. you know and it's it's very important to to in, in my own process i don't do anymore the ceremonial type of breath work i actually did one like a month ago with porangi you know porangi mm-hmm. musician yeah yeah with his with his uh, partner ashley it, it was good you know it, it it took me it took me deep but not as deep as i take people you know and that's the thing if i already going to decide to do a breath work i need a person who is better than me who's going to guide me there you know if there is not that person i'm just going to go drink ayahuasca <laughs> you know but i do practice like daily daily exercises sometimes when i need to get back to that energy the frequency of love of peace and compassion because we yeah. do get thrown off i want people to understand that i'm not an enlightened guru or master shit happens you know and it's your job to notice where your vibration is lowering and keep that uh, that consciousness you know yeah. be conscious of it and find the tools and rituals that help you elevate that vibration you know and breath is one of those things and when i feel completely out of it i will breathe for about 15 20 minutes i have a lot of different daily practices that uh, that will put me back into that state you know without yeah. having to microdose or, or doing any psychedelics yeah. Could you share with us maybe something practical that people could do to like, whether it's a daily practice that you have to start to play with their breath a little bit? Because even for me, as somebody who I know, you know, I, I use this work, I practice this work, I facilitate this work. I woke up in the middle of the night last night at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. with intense anxiety. Um, it was just overwhelming. And I, I could feel how contrasting that was to how I typically, like my typical way of being. And I was like, this is, feels really heavy. This feels really intense. And I, I want it to go away. And 
the immediately after I was kind of really wrapped up in my mind, laying there in bed, feeling really uncomfortable, I just went to my breath and I started to breathe. And um, I practice some box breathing, uh, which is, you know, inhale for four, six counts, hold for four or six counts, exhale for four or six, create a, a box with your breath. And I did that and really, really focused on it. And it helped me to come back to my center and really get out of my head. And, and I eventually kind of let all of that go. What do you do if, what does the daily practice look like for you? And is there anything you would recommend for people who are starting to want to dabble with this a little bit outside mm -hmm. of ceremony? Yeah, it's, first of all, it's good to understand what you need, you know, mm -hmm. and listen to yourself because sometimes we need to calm ourselves down. Sometimes we need to upregulate that yep. nervous system, you know, and it's important to know what you need. And for for down regulation, right, to activate our parasympathetic, rest and digest, to get our anxiety lower, I would recommend, let's say, a breath when we inhale with our nose and exhale with our mouth, because with our nose, we get a little more nitric oxide into our blood and it calms us down, you know? And what what I've been doing lately that helps me really get into, into the groove is chanting. I have mm -hmm. a Shruti box, right? And I would, uh, and I got it from Porangi. And I noticed that it, it works sometimes for me even better than the breath because even humming activates your vagus nerve, right? Mm -hmm. So it activates that rest and digest phase. So it's, it's literally what you need you know if you need to get some energy if you need to get it going or if you want to explore and get into a deeper meditative state i would increase the speed and intensity of breath let's say you would breathe for 10-15 minutes just pick like whatever rhythmic track with about 120 bpm and i would i would breathe with with my mouth because it activates you a little bit differently than the nose mm -hmm. right and i would i would breathe to to the rhythm of the song right uh so so you can keep up with it and the breath would look like you know it, and and play with it it's it's very good to what gets me immediately i need like a one or two breaths to to one or two minutes of breathing to really get into it is just breathing as as deep as i can activating my full lung capacity you know, do this for mm -hmm. two minutes, amplitude of breath very high, and you'll already be in an altered state and more grounded, and you will have a different, different, different frequency with you. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's it's the most important thing is to listen to yourself. You know, what right. do you need in the specific moment? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you don't know, asking yourself, being willing to just ask the question, what do I need? Ask your body, like not just ask your mind, but ask your body as your body has that intuitive, intelligent, built-in wisdom. I like to remind people, you know, your body knows how to heal you. If you, if you cut yourself, it doesn't need your mind to think about how to heal that cut. There's mm -hmm. an intelligence that just knows what to do. And when we start to breathe in a rhythmic way like that, that he was just describing, what I experience is that the mind, which is typically in the driver's seat of your life and your consciousness and your, your way of being gets to sort of take a nap. That prefrontal cortex gets to actually sort of go offline and your body gets to sort of get into the driver's seat and it knows sort of what you need and how to start to, to release the things that might be stuck. And so just 
going into any type of breath with that awareness that even if your mind is unsure or is confused or is that giving you that voice that's like, no, stop or don't do this, your body knows, your body knows Mm -hmm. and you can trust that it will guide you if you allow yourself to really ride what I, I, I call the breath like a wave. It's like, there's always one after another, after another, just ride mm-hmm. that wave. Yeah. Yeah. And also, also uh, speaking of like shamanism, uh, breath is a very, very big tool in, in, in shamanic world as well. There's a lot of things that shamans use their breath for. And one of the things is to rid yourself of the energy that attached to you. Mm-hmm. And often in the ceremonies, you will uh, hear a shaman go like, <laughs> right? So he's, uh, there's different understandings and different depths of understandings to what they're doing in that moment. But they're so tapped into themselves that they're able to recognize whenever certain energy is not from, from their own center. Mm-hmm. you know and they blow that air out until they feel that center again mm-hmm. and to especially when you're guiding a ceremony it's so important to to stay in your center yeah yeah mm-hmm. agreed what do you want people to know that about you or about your work about the vitality experience um and what that you might have not shared or what do you hope that they take away from this conversation um mm. I'm only starting, you know, and I think vitality experience right now, it's, it's breath. Maybe in a few months, it's going to be something different. I'm not strictly, strictly locked in on that. I'm a breathwork guru and stuff. It's just, I found it in this moment if my, in my life, the tool that helps promote the most transformation in the shortest amount of time. You know, I just went to, to Porangi's music is the medicine uh, retreat, you know, mm-hmm. and I I learned so much, so much in there, how working with our voice can be traumatic, I mean, uh, transformational, and mm-hmm. how we're able to, using our voice, release a lot of emotions. Uh, it's, it's just, the, the retreat was mind-blowing, by the way. Mm-hmm. If you get a guy's chance to uh, ever go to Porangi's concert or Porangi's retreat, I highly, highly recommend. So, and I definitely will be using some of his tools in the upcoming year, 100%, because it's very, very transformational. Mm. Yeah. I, the, the one thing that I would like to communicate with people is just never be fixed into something. Always continue, continue to explore other modalities, other ways of healing. You know, don't be rigid in your, rigid in your ways. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's so important. Just being open and willing to learn. And like you said, a, a real master is someone who considers them a, a continual apprentice. And that's what the show is all about. It's being coachable, being willing to learn how to do something Absolutely. better and being a student of life. I think life and pain, there's a quote that I say is pain is not our enemy. It's our teacher. Mm-hmm. And, um, if we're unwilling to, to be with our pain, then we really miss the lesson that the pain has come to teach us. Um, it's not just meant it, like there's, there's a purpose in the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just appreciate you for taking on that mentality of being a continual student of the work and of yourself and sharing those tools with us and uh, with your community. 
I, I really acknowledge you and um, I'm excited to continue to watch how you and the Vitality experience evolve uh, over the next year in 2023. What do you, um, where do you hang out? How can people find you online and get to know more about you and what you're up to if they want to come and participate in one of your experiences? Mm -hmm. Definitely check out my Instagram and YouTube. Uh, both of the accounts are just Vitality. Instead of V in Vitality, just put a W, you know, uh, because it comes from my name, Vitali, Vitality, you know, Vitality. Uh, yeah, I was always like uh, questioning my mom, why did you pick me such a weird name? And then <laughs> I understand right now that Vita means life, you know, Vitality mm -hmm. is the life force. It is the medicine, you know, and yeah. it just all makes makes sense right now. But definitely, if you want to attend one of my events, I have three more this year, LA, New York, and Miami. And you can get the tickets on vitalimartino.com slash events. Mm -hmm. We will put all of that in the show notes, make it super easy and accessible for everybody listening. Just check out the show notes and you'll be able to find all of those links and how you can get tickets and meet you in person, hopefully um, in one of these cities coming up. I know I definitely am going to be looking at, out for what you have coming up in 2023. It's my intention to get into one of your containers and space and meet you as well. Um, I just appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You guys, I hope that this served you. I trust that it did and that you found value from this inspiration, um, some practical tools and, and, you know, a roadmap kind of some, you know, a new perspective for how you can approach your own healing and releasing yourself from unnecessary suffering, because you don't have to live every day the way I did for so long, feeling only, you know, part of your, your emotions, running from your pain, avoiding hard things. Um, you truly do deserve to, uh, to thrive and not just survive. And, and this is one of the ways that you can start to break through is through breath work and the vitality experience. So I hope that you will go follow um, and, and continue to come back to this show. If it served you, I ask that you give us a follow online. We are the coachable podcast on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube and leave us a rating and review. That is the best way to say thank you and to help spread this message. I love you. Thanks for being here. I'll see you next week on the coachable podcast. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods.
At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com